today I'm actually thrilled to have Louisa Tanner Munson on the show. How are you, Louisa? I'm very well, thank you, Tom. Nice to be here again. Now, listen, one, one of my favourite guests on the Zone show has been Professor Armit Goswami. He's a quantum physicist. And when I first had him on the show, I was really nervous because I loved his books, uh, The Self-Aware Universe and The Physics of the Soul. Uh-huh. He was like one of the most famous people I had on, so I was quite nervous. Second time, I felt more comfortable. I said, oh, I've always wanted to ask a quantum physicist these questions. And at the end of the interview, he said to me, nobody's ever dared ask me those questions, he said. And it's the most enjoyable interview I, I had. And then we met up in London when he came up to London, which was great. <laughs> you can be a bit nervous now, Tom. <laughs> yeah, and, and so I've, I've, I want to ask you some questions about astrology. Yeah. That I've always wanted to know. Okay. But I've never had a tame and in, intelligent and informative astrologer on the show. I can ask these questions too. <laughs> well, I will do my best not to disappoint. I may not know the answer, but um, I will give it my best. Okay, now I'm asking these in innocence <laughs> and intrigue, if you know. Now, the first thing I want to know, it's really important. A lot of astrology readings, they say, you know, when were you born and what time were you born and where, where were you born, right? Yeah. Now, Many times in my writing, I did this first when I wrote this book, um, a short book, a poetry book called 25 Years of Tristan. It was a sequel to 100 Years of Ermintrude. I uh-huh. had Tristan being born, inverted commas, when his soul attached to the knotticord. So when he was a fetus in the, in the womb. Yes. So why don't astrologers ask you for that date? Maybe you don't know it. Probably because we don't know it. <laughs> um, some astrologers do look at your... Um, um, prenatal um, eclipse charts mm-hmm. and in fact um, I, I do also do um, prenatal eclipse charts so it's looking at some of the energies that are going on during the pregnancy and you could you could technically go back to roughly the time of conception but you, nobody really knows it um, yeah, I, I don't know. I guess the moment you're actually born, born in a physical sense, that that represents something earthly. Um, and so we take a, a, a kind of snapshot of where the planets were relative to that exact spot on planet Earth that you were born in at that exact time. But it is something that um, has made me wonder, you know, because obviously I have I've got three children and I know with relative accuracy um about the conception dates of two of them um you know really really quite sure um when i conceived them and i have looked at their charts to see you know what energies were prevalent um and also the the spiritual um, experience of being pregnant is different for everybody but i've um, been very very conscious um especially with my first boy that um we were communicating all the way through the pregnancy together I heard his voice really clearly whilst I was pregnant and we had communications I had dreams with him in and it it was a really really strong kind of connection and then about a month before he was born all of a sudden he was gone it was like whatever consciousness was coming in had been wiped you know the idea of people being wiped before they're born Mm -hmm. souls that they come in and they don't know what their um what their spiritual quest is on life, if you if you believe in those terms. Um, so the whole mystery of birth has always fascinated me. I have no idea of the answer, and I could have just said that in, it, at first. No, but it's fascinating insight. Thank you for sharing that. And also, what's in, what's interesting this very very morning, I recorded the next um, guided meditation in the yeah. soul sequence, and it's all about trying to 
allowing your soul path to find you, having now oh. forgotten what it is in the first place, which is interesting. Yeah. Well, mm. I've noticed, um, I know it's not quite astrology, but um, with um, my other two pregnancies, I noticed that I felt quite a strong sense of connection as to who they were. And then there's always this, this moment about, um, with mine, it's been about a month before they're born, when all of a sudden it actually feels like I'm carrying a baby and not like I'm connected to some kind of infinite energy source. <laughs> you know? Wow. Well, listen, oh, this is fascinating, but I think we need to talk about this because, yeah. um, so one of the, one of the models is, is that when you incarnate and, and yeah. that bit of your soul attaches to the nautical, you're only like about four or eight cells uh -huh. big at that point. It's thought that the higher self and lower self are kind of connected together. And yeah. then at the point you're talking about, sort of eight months into the pregnancy, a month before birth, that must be when the higher self withdraws back to the void, as we call it in soul waves. Sure. And, and the baby is deposited in the density. So like, what am I coming yes. in here for again? <laughs> yes, that is exactly how it feels um, to me. Um, and it's interesting that you talk about it in those terms, because in particular with the first, um, the first birth that I had, it really feels like... Um, beyond the womb, like it, the womb is a portal mm -hmm. connecting every female to outer space because like, where did these babies come from? I mean, you know, on a physical level, you know, it's an egg and a sperm and, and that's our earthly understanding of it. But from a spiritual level, it, there is something inside us. I think inside every woman or the womb, the womb man, mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I really think there's a portal to something far greater than us. It's like a TARDIS. There's probably something like that in a man. You know, where does the sperm come from? You know, mm. like beyond the physical understanding. I just feel like we are actual walking portals. Well, maybe that's why men or some men are attracted to discover the womb again as much as they can. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I have thought that before. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now, <laughs> so, so, well, well great that we can talk on on any level which is great so let's let's talk absolutely. about so obviously astronomers sure. many astronomers think that astrology is absolutely uh, bonkers and rubbish don't they and bunkum yeah 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 and and yeah. so what is the what's the possible physical basis for astrology bearing in mind we know a lot more now about planets so for example there's a great site called suspicious observers and the guy that does um, some of the um, broadcast from there talks about magnetic mixing points and how every planet has a connection to the sun right magnetic connection to the sun and so it could be that the the exchange of consciousness between planets uh, mm -hmm. goes on using the, the sun as a, as a portal have you come across any more scientific basis that an, ast an astronomer might feel slightly more comfortable with for astrology there probably are i mean one of the one things that i know a lot of scientists talk about is um, the fact that there is the ecliptic, um, you know, this imaginary, um, this I I imaginary uh, belt of star signs that are each 30 degrees going all the way around the zodiac. So the zodiac belt, you know, starting in Aries, going to Taurus, etc., all the way through the, the star signs. And there are some people that say, well, the technically the ecliptic has moved because of the progressions of like time, you know, time has moved it on, you know, and so there are some astrologers that practice um, sidereal um, astrology that accounts for the shift of the ecliptic belt, like the zodiac, the point where the zodiac starts and where it ends. Um, and then there are other astrologers that pr practice just like Western astrology that is very much 
Aries is here and it always has been. Really, um, I think the starting point is, is, is a moot point really, um, because nobody actually ever really knows <laughs> where Aries starts and Pisces ends and like there's this like spot in between the two where all of a sudden you're in Aries and then you're in Pisces. I almost think that's not important. I, I, I pay not as much attention to the Zodiac, the whole idea of the star signs. What I think astronomers could um, connect with is the relationships and the balance points, the sacred geometry between the planets, the connections that they make, which might actually tie in with what you're talking about, like that planets and the sun have a resonance. And there are, there are patterns, like there are um, asteroids, there are dwarf planets, there are the planets that we know as planets. Pluto um, is in and out of the solar system, according to who's judging it. You know, it was a planet, then it was deregulated. But according to the distance away from the sun, there are relative um, mathematical equations holding everything together to do with the orbits, um, the speeds, um, the way the planets or planetoids or asteroids behave. So there are um, uh, space objects known as Plutinos, there are trans-Neptunian objects, um, there are centaurs, and they all have slightly different behaviours and characteristics according to where they fall in the solar system. And this is based on astronomical observation. Um, now, when certain things happen, for instance, like just very recently, Saturn and Pluto met up relative from our position on Earth. If you were to look at the sky, you had um, Mercury, the Sun, uh, Pluto and um, Saturn all in the same direction. So if you're looking from planet Earth and looking in the same direction, all four of those and also dwarf planet Ceres would all be in the, exactly the same direction. Now, when there is that kind of weighting, it usually um, delineates some form of new epoch. Um, by the way, this is the date, two days before your soul waves was launched. So <laughs> wow, there you go, a new epoch. You know, you, you launched your book right before the start, like moments um, before the start of a new epoch. And um, just, just Saturn and Pluto, when they line up, they are known to cause new generations. But scientists, they tend to, to observe... Um, their data in very short points of time. So you can't really see the full extent of an epoch, but if you go back to the previous one, which was 38 years before that, um, the last time it happened in the sign of Capricorn, when the two of them met up, was hundreds of years ago. But you, you get a, um, you, you get like this formation of energy. You get this, when you, when you look at the, I guess it's more like social history. Like when you look at the social history, the philosophical impacts um, of what was happening at the time, you can see that epochs start. Then you've also got like patterns of orbits like Venus in her orbit um, and how she appears to go retrograde and then forward. And she creates a, what looks like a spirograph diagram. Mm -hmm. And it's very, very beautiful. Um, as do all the planets, they all have this, their own like spirographical um, journey you know when you look at their orbits so there is some kind of significance some mathematical significance and when the planets line up in different ways and have like different um spaces between them there are patterns that form and and you can you can look at those and observe those like um 
can't really give any real life examples, but if you were to look at um, really big world events, you'll see certain lineups of planets and, and there, there is usually some very, very big um, pattern going on. Sure. And also, I guess that these, these constellations, they're really a bit uh, hypothetical because they're just shapes of stars that are not even very close to each other. And some, yeah, some of the constellations... They, they are really hypothetical because, I mean, like the way the zodiac belt is lined out, um, mm -hmm. you know, we, we say they're all like 30 degrees away from each other. But like you say, the constellations are really spread out in some parts of the sky and then really tight together in others. It makes mm -hmm. no sense to me. Um, but what, what does make sense, though, is that the, the Earth in its orbit around the the sun is in a different yeah. position relative to the galaxy and the earth and all the planets do cause the sun to go in a kind of spirograph movement not not a huge amount of shift because obviously the yeah. sun's so massive but the sun will be influenced by the planets and the sun's position of the planet's position relative to the center of the gravity of the galaxy and the other arms in the galaxy certainly would have an influence I, w I wouldn't be at all surprised by that. I don't know enough about it because I never really look at things from a scientific perspective. Um, I like to look at things from perspectives of patterns. So if you show me the pattern, I'll, I'll appreciate it and love it. There you um, go. <laughs> absolutely. In my heart, I know that there is, there is relevance there. And you've just um, hit on something else that I think is really important. You can look at astrology from lots of different perspectives. So for instance, um, most Western astrologers consider that the birth point that like the moment your birth chart is formed is from the time place and date of your existence on planet earth so it looks for the the um exact location on earth you look up from there and then you map the planets around you well you could also look at the time place and date of your birth from the perspective of the sun so heliocentric charts where the sun is at the center and of course earth is off in one direction so for instance, I'm, I'm actually a Sagittarius using Western astrology, but if I was to look at my heliocentric chart, um, I think I'm a Gemini. Mm -hmm. um, but um, the, the patterns are slightly different. So one of those charts is to look at the impact you have in your world on earth. And the other chart, when you look at the heliocentric chart, it puts into perspective your contribution as part of a whole pattern um, in the solar system you know it's it's about perspective so there must be a gallocentric gallocentric view then exactly i mean yeah. we would be so microscopic um you know it would be completely different. wow so listen let's go back to that thing about the collective so obviously i see posts on on facebook now and again and people start saying that oh mercury's going retrograde so anything <laughs> electronic in my in my life and anything in my life in general is going to go backwards now i would say sometimes i i i, I like to be a bit of a devil's advocate and i say well actually if you're on mercury right now the earth yeah. is speeding up so from a, a mercury perspective <laughs> The Earth is speeding up, so in in theory, everything should go really, really well because uh, things are moving on. So, yeah. so, if enough people think that something bad is going to happen, then something bad could happen. Couldn't yes, it? absolutely. Um, I like to have a little um, poke at the uh, Mercury retrograde memes because um, whilst there appears to be evidence that things get messed up, I actually think it's a huge opportunity to um, go back and look at things um, in you know, closely examine your behaviours, your thoughts, the way you, you communicate the, the ideas that you've got. Uh, I always think of the, t the two letters re, you know, like retrograde. It's a time to rewind, revitalise, reimagine, re-envision, review. 
Um, so it's, it's a time to say, okay, you know, where have I got to now? Do, am I really happy going in this direction? And it's a, it's a creative process. So I think people that are born at the time of the retrograde um, tend to have a natural affinity to it. Um, and I think people who are very creative and who like reviewing things and um, like the, the sort of creativity, creative perspective of um, throwing stuff into the air and just seeing if it's still fit for purpose. I think it suits people like that. But of course, Mercury's not going backwards. It's just from our perspective. And it's the same with all the retrogrades. Like Venus is going retrograde this, um, this year and Mars is also going retrograde this year, which you know they, they didn't last year. Um, and they do create a, a certain energy that occurs, but it's not because they're going retrograde. It's just our perspective of it. Now, I happen to be the beneficiary of two of your readings so recently. One <laughs> is, even before you got hold of a copy of Soul Waves, you did a reading about uh, the timing of uh, Soul yeah. Waves on, on the first full moon of this year, which mm -hmm. I'll go down below underneath this podcast. Which and is also, also an eclipse. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So and, and I, I only intuitively put it at that time, but it, it obviously was meant to be at that time, bearing in mind yeah. that there'd been about 15 years in gestation. That was quite a long pregnancy of mine, really. Think about it. Yeah. Um, the other thing you did recently was uh, I asked you um, for a, a reading about the future, you know, what I didn't know, how I could uh, best uh, serve soul waves now it's out there and this sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. And what I noticed about that reading was, is that even though you use the 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 planets and astrology as the as as the prompts mm -hmm. what i really got from that was your amazing intuition and you <laughs> tune into these yeah. cosmic guidance so do you use astrology when, when you're doing readings do you kind of get in the zone do you get in this place where yes. this amazing stuff comes through you yeah um it's funny um and, and this this is this is um, changed. You know, the more astrology I do, it, it just seems to be the current evolution for me. But I look at a chart and I feel like I become the chart for a moment. Um, I guess it's like uh, how a healer tunes into the person that they're working with and they become that, um, or they 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 feel such a deep connection with it at some level that they understand it. It's like I look at the codes and the patterns. And they make sense to me in a way beyond the information. I can't really describe it any more fully than that. It's just a knowing. Um, so sometimes when I look at the, the codes um, and look at the birth chart, I see patterns. I hear things. I see video clips playing in my mind and I get very, very strong feelings. I mean, I've always used these kinds of intuitions myself. I used to read palms. That's how I got into it all. Um, you know, when I was about 11, I started learning how to read palms and learning how to read cards. So I am able to get that kind of information from touching things, from spending time with people. But the easiest access for me is to go in through the birth chart. So where did you learn your astrology? Um, I started officially um, learning it when I was 20. I signed up for um, a certificate in astrological studies. Uh, which was an online course um and but i'll be honest like it really started when i was 11 when i got my first compendium of astrology and fortune telling and i learned about it as as best as an 11 year old can um and then it's just continued with um the online community there are so many people who um 
really wonderfully share stuff and the learning has gone on since just working with clients you know it's it's something that is always happening you know there's always new discoveries i'm learning new things about new patterns every time i now i'm working even more closely with my clients on a month by month basis and um, i'm learning about the intricacies of their life and when things are happening i'm thinking right let's see what patterns going on and i'm getting much better at deciphering the patterns but it's it's an ongoing study i'm always learning in it i probably always will be but you've also you've let it evolve recently, haven't you? Because your your services have got a new strap line, which I'm I'm, I'm flattered about. <laughs> uh, 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 yeah. And you 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 said it's your future history, which I yeah. love that that play yeah. with time. Yes. Um, well, I think um, the whole purpose of it is about is about realizing the relationship between us and our futures. Um, you know, there is that age old question: Is it already mapped out? And the other question is, can I change it? You know, am I at cause or am I at effect? And I've always been sort of examining that and playing with that. And the idea of your future history, the way I work with people is to look at the, um, the soil that we're growing in, I guess, if I'm gonna use like gardening terms or natural terms, I'll look at the quality of the soil that we've got coming up in our future. I'll look at the seeds that we've planted and the possible weather patterns. Um, and then based on that, say, look, you, you're wanting to grow potatoes, but your climate that you're moving into isn't going to support potatoes. So what can we do? So I help people like an astro weather girl. <laughs> I'm looking at where people might be going according to what they're wanting and, and trying to help create a new narrative for people. So that's quite a few mixed mes metaphors there. But. Oh, I like that one metaphor. It makes it very acceptable and, and understandable. So, <laughs> so some people could see knowing the future as being disempowering because you're saying you're going to have 2.4 kids and marry a tall, tall dark, handsome stranger, <laughs> and that sort of stuff, and have a Ferrari and live in a mansion, that kind of uh, prediction. But I found it very empowering because what you did when in, in the reading that I just had was talk about possibles yeah probables mm -hmm. and some givens as well you know which which, which yeah. was confirmation that, that the current path was a good one and then here's a few possibles and here, here's a few probables now in a quantum world everything is equally probable and possible yes. and part yes. of what we have to do to get out of the way is to is just to allow the perfect future just to turn up and so i found yes. that the reading gave me that insight to say look made some nice steps already and here's a few things you don't know about yet but if you try and get in the way and make them happen then the best ones won't turn up that's the kind of message i got does that map into where yeah that, that really means something to me um when i was really young um and first interested in astrology i read quite a few books and back then a lot of them were very fatalistic and when i read up about um having the moon in pisces which um I'm born with um, and consider one of the places where most of my intuitive skills comes from. Um, when I read about Moon in Pisces, the, the book really predicted a terrible future for me. <laughs> um, it was, it was um, full of upset, depression, mental illness and blah, 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 blah. I realized there and then as, a, as an early teen that using um, these kind of gifts for fatalistic purposes just isn't my thing. So occasionally I work with people who come to me with um, a blind request, i.e. they say, here's my details, give me a chart. 
and, and I work with them and my intuition fires up. But actually how I prefer to work with people is in collaboration. So um, with coaching. So I find out first off what it is that they want to know about and why they think astrology might be useful for them and, and kind of where they want to go in the future. What do they think might make them happy and what are their fears? And I look at their charts from those perspectives. So I'm looking at it from a place of possibility. And then I look and see how the chart speaks to me. And usually I can see some really easy ways for them to advance themselves in the way that they would, that would make them happy and, and would help them and profit them. Um, and I can often see extra stuff that, you know, wasn't part of the brief, but would seem to add to um, a better narrative for them to live by. So I, I always look at it from a sense of possibility and not from the, ooh, you know, you're doomed <laughs> kind of perspective. Now, in the same way that um, astronomy could benefit from getting in bed and understanding astrology maybe vice versa you're doing something pretty amazing with astrology and facebook analytics that's like the, one of the oldest technologies that we've got with a relatively <laughs> new technology Can you explain how you're doing this and how smart it is well um, oh, <laughs> um obviously astrology runs on cycles and i'm really fascinated by the cycles of all the planets like saturn uranus etc etc everything runs in repeating cycles and um one of the the first ways i'm going to test that is in a weekly show I'm talking about the different cycles that we go through and one of the biggest ones that most people gripe about and have difficulty with is the Saturn return so I'm going to use Facebook analytics to advertise my Saturn return show like how to cope with your Saturn return and and what you might expect etc I'm going to use Facebook to find first of all people who are interested in astrology and then second of all people who are of the age range of the Saturn returns um, and use the analytics that way <laughs> <laughs> well, this this reminds me of a quote I heard ages ago uh, about astrology that uh, millionaires don't use astrologers, but billionaires do. So maybe yeah. maybe Mr. Zuckerberg himself needs to get in touch with you. I don't think he's at, um, he's not quite. At, um, he's he's gone through his first Saturn return. I'm sure of that, and he's not due his second one for a, a couple of decades. But yeah, it's interesting. I'm actually working with a couple of people at the moment. Um, with their um, trading strategy. So each month I'm looking at um, the stocks and shares that they've invested in uh, using astrology. So fantastic. Uh, and of course, <laughs> we know vintners, vintners use astrology nowadays, don't they? And, uh, and yeah, yeah. Anyone launching a book or a, a new product could also do with uh, availing themselves of your services. Definitely, definitely bring it on. I'm, I'm available and very happy to talk to anybody that would like to explore how astrology can profit them. It's been a real joy to, to get this lovely insight into how you work. And I say it's very <laughs> fresh, uh, wonderful quality you bring to, to readings, our experience. So yeah, what's the best place for people to, to one, um, sample you daily? Because I know you do a, a daily forecast and then yes. also to, to use you and use your amazing abilities. <laughs> yeah if people want to connect with me they can connect with me um on the daily uplift forecast on facebook or they could just go to um feelgoodastrology.com um and i deliberately picked that name that url because that's how i use astrology it's, it's all about feeling good and if i can help people get to a better feeling place then uh, through through the medium of astrology and coaching then you know i'm a happy girl so uh, Louisa at Feel Good Astrology, feelgoodastrology.com or the Daily Uplift Forecast on Facebook. 
Well, thanks for sharing your wisdom, uh, Louisa. And I can highly recommend anybody that would like to discover a bit more about their future history to get in touch with you. <laughs> thank you so much, Tom. And uh, can I can I just thank you for um, inviting me, but also um, helping me find that strapline, <laughs> the future history. Because I think the strapline found found us. It did, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It just it was just sitting there waiting to be found. And I love that that that. Um, the idea and overall concept of a serendipitous life where we, we, it is mapped out, but yes. we, we discover it so we still enjoy the discovery of it. And I do find it easier yeah. to accept that we have a mapped out life. We, we've got a free will to change it. And sometimes if we change it in the wrong direction, we get pushed back, we might uh, encounter adversity, but then we get um, brought back again uh, on yes. track. And then something like an astrology reading from your good self helps us see that vision and understand why we've gone down a cul-de-sac, why we come back out again, why we're now on this new path. So thank you. Yes, I do feel that. <laughs>